With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Longtime NFL reporter, 26 years with the mothership, based in Dallas, and he's covering college football with Deion Sanders over the weekend. Ed Werder joining us on the program. What happened? They didn't have enough reporters to go see Dion's debut and you got to go? Well, I, you know, I live 40 minutes away and, you know, budgets being what they are. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, they wanted to see what kind of range I had journalistically, mm. whether I could college football and pro football. And I, I do know Dion. Um, and, uh, Maybe that was the reason we had a problem. I don't know. Okay. Help me understand here what you wrote that Dion referred to. Now, once again, um, Marvin, can we play the clip where Ed's being singled out by Dion Sanders? What's up, boss? You believe now? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe now? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. <laughs> you just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. All righty. What was the bull junk that you wrote, Ed? <laughs> well, well, first of all, you know, in the moment, it just did not seem journalistically appropriate in that situation for me to meet his demand and tell him that I believed it and whether I do or I don't. Uh, and, and interacting with him, as I mentioned, you know, over the years, he played for the Cowboys, played a long time in the NFL as a Hall of Fame player. And interacting as often as we have, I can't imagine that he really expected that I was going to commit to either position in that circumstance because it was unprofessional to do so. Uh, fortunately, he realized it wasn't going to happen, and eventually he moved on without taking my question because if he was intent on wait, waiting, we'd still be there. But I don't really understand why did it matter. Um, you know, in that moment, after all he and his sons and his coaching staff and his players had accomplished, why did he for me to dismiss my obligations to be fair and objective and commit to Dion so that he would entertain my question? Um, as for you know, your question, I, I really don't know. I haven't been a writer in 30 years. I don't cover college football. This was an exception. Um, I asked him, as you heard multiple times, what did I write? And he couldn't ever provide an example. And the reason is no such example exists. Uh, I've been doing television for the last 30 years. I'm almost exclusively a TV reporter, as you know. Uh, now, I am active on social media. And some people have pointed to uh, a Twitter post I had in March in which I said this exactly. 
Colorado's celebrity football coach has made CU Buffs football the most interesting program in the country. It's number two in merchandise sales. Folsom Field suites are sold out, and season ticket renewal rate stands at 97%. Deion Sanders has created attention before his first win. How did how does that somehow make me a doubter? But um, but he's using you as you were a prop. It didn't matter who was there for ESPN. They would have been a prop. You're the face of ESPN, and he's calling out ESPN. He's calling out a group, and you just happened to be the person who was there representing ESPN. That would be my, my take on this. He didn't want to hear what was fact. He was performing. True. You know, and I think one of the things, sadly, that's happened in in the media business now, and I think it plays into this type of reaction, is you can almost argue there are more there are more former athletes in the media now than actual professional reporters. And so these players have a tendency, I think, to praise one another, uh, whether deserved or not. And so that leads in a situation like this, if he's referring to my tweet, where somebody sees something um, that's not overwhelmingly positive and instead it feels negative in the context that they're used to. I mean, if that tweet is what came off, and maybe you're right, maybe maybe it was more who I was working for. Yeah. Uh, although, as I mentioned, you know, I've covered Dion for a long time and we've had a complicated history. We've had moments where we got along great. And he helped me do my job and consented to sit down interviews. And we've had moments where it wasn't so wonderful. And, and during the Terrell Owens situation, he – he asked, as a commentator for NFL Network at the time, why couldn't I be the one who was lying instead of Theo being the one who was lying? So I don't know if you're right. I think it's entirely possible. I also think it is possible that he was overly sensitive to this tweet where I referred to him as a celebrity coach, although I don't know how he doesn't think he's a celebrity. He would be offended if you told him he was not a celebrity, wouldn't he? <laughs> I wouldn't take it personally. I don't know if you are. Even though he made it I, I, personal to me, I mean, I've had, I've had a million things worse happen to me after a press conference or in a professional situation where I'm reporting on something. I've been, you know, I've had players threaten to kill, have me killed, not do it themselves. Of course, they contract it out. Um, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What what happened where a player said, "I'll have you killed," or in so many words? Well, I referenced the uh, uh, Terrell Owens situation. I reported uh, at ESPN that Terrell Owens had become a toxic influence in the Cowboys locker room uh, and that they were going to consider after the season releasing him, even though they would have to take a $10 million cap hit. And he was undeniably one of their best offensive players. Um, but it had become an issue with certain players, including Tony Romo and Jason Witten and some members of the coaching staff. And I reported that. And the next day I went out to the locker room because that's what you do when you're a real reporter is you go out and see if anybody wants to take issue with you. Uh, T.O. would not talk to me before I published the story, and he didn't want to talk to me then. But other players were highly upset, and Tank Johnson, being one of them, threatened to kill me and said he was going to send some people to my house. And he, he asked me, Dan, he asked me, where do you live? And I said, Tank, if you're going to kill me, I'm not going to make it that easy. Like, you're going to have to do a little work here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and so, do you, so this do you was a guy. He, he had seen his bodyguard killed in front of him not long before. He had he had done jail time for weapons offenses and having, you know, dog fighting and all this other stuff. So he was entirely 
capable of it, in my opinion. It's the only time in my life, Dan, I ever got a gun to defend myself. I didn't ever need to use it. But And Tank and I got along fine after that, but I took him seriously in the moment. <laughs> Did you call police, security? Like, I mean, No, I didn't. It's like this. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I, I went. I didn't tell the Cowboys PR people. I didn't go to the league. Uh, I went to their security person quietly and said, hey, just so you know, and if there's anything you can do to defuse the situation in case he's serious, you know, here's what happened. And they took care of it quietly if they did anything. He never did anything as far as I know. And then a few months, a few years later, <laughs> I called the league office for something. They said, you know, Tank works in the league office down just right down the hallway from Roger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> head of security there for the commissioner. <laughs> wow. We're talking interested in, in all the dis- debates and discussions that they had about discipline and, and tried to help him out. We're talking to uh, Thug Life, Ed Werder, joining us on the program. Uh, he'll be uh, covering the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Detroit Lions. Back to his regular job, the Lions there on Thursday night. Um, with the Chris Jones situation, How possibility of he could actually be back in camp, any chance he could play in this game? You know, it doesn't seem like it from, from the people I've talked to on Andy Reid's staff since I got to Kansas City it seems like they're prepared to play without him, as as they should be at this point. I mean, they're almost 48 hours from the game. He hasn't been with the team in any capacity this offseason, so it would be hard to imagine, as great as he is, that he could come in and play a significant number of snaps. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I don't think they, they're close to resolving the contract situation that would lead to that outcome anyway. So I think Spagnuolo is going to have to figure out another way to take on the Lions' offense. I hope the Lions keep this close um, because I don't want this to be, oh, you know, everybody's all in on the Lions. And then, you know, the fact that the NFL said, I mean, the NFL has to believe in the Lions being good, right? To to have that as the opening night. Um, are you a believer in the Lions being a legitimate, I'm not going to say playoff team, more than a playoff team this year? Well, I, I think with, you know, the state of the Packers being what they are. And given how the Lions played at the end of last season, they won, what, eight of their last ten games. Uh, I think they were fifth or sixth in the league in offense and scoring. So they have that capacity to put points on the board and win games. I think Jared Goff, this will be a great format for him, an opportunity. You know, he threw 29 touchdown passes last year, but only six came on the road. Um, and so he's got to be better, more consistent than that if the Lions are going to fulfill what they think are, are attainable goals this season. But, yeah, I think the Lions can play. I think the interesting part of this, you know, without, without Chris Jones, that obviously makes it more important for the Chiefs to be able to score. And, and a lot of people are questioning again, well, they lost, you know, uh, some receivers and, and McCole Hardiman and uh, Schuster Smith. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes was the, the rare quarterback who – prevailed in that situation last year. He lost Tyreek Hill and where Aaron Rodgers struggled without Devonta Adams and Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions without Amari Cooper and Ryan Tannehill had a miserable season without A.J. Brown. You know, he lost Tyreek Hill, arguably the best of all those receivers, and went out and still led the league in scoring and total offense and won another Super Bowl. So he's proven that he's able to overcome a lot of adversity that maybe other quarterbacks can't. Why will this year be different for the Cowboys? 
I don't know what you mean by that. They've won 12 games two years in a row under Mike. <laughs> How about McCarthy? the postseason? <laughs> why will why will the postseason be different for the Cowboys? I don't know if it will be. No, oh, um, you know, I, I think they're a really talented team. I spent a week with them at training camp. Uh, this is one of the most talented teams I think the Cowboys have ever had. Dak Prescott's pretty much had good teams every year. You know, as Troy Aikman said, I think the thing they haven't done for a long time is they haven't played their best football against the best opponents in the postseason. Um, and, and certainly the 49ers are, you know, uh, an ominous uh, opponent because of how well they play defense and they shut the Cowboys down two years in a row in the playoffs and eliminate them. And I think that's why Mike McCarthy's calling the plays now. And I think Mike feels really that he can really make a contribution in that way. And I think he and Dak have a great relationship. And if, uh, you know, I, I don't think Dak Prescott, I mentioned he led the league in interceptions. I think that's the aberration. I don't think he had an interception problem, Ben. I think he had a wide receiver problem. And I think it's a wide receiver problem they've taken care of with the acquisition of Brandon Cooks. Your Super Bowl pick is what? Uh, my Super Bowl pick is uh, I picked the Eagles and the Bills with the Bills prevailing. Oh. All right. Are you covering any more of Deion Sanders' games this season? <laughs> Not that I know of. I, uh, nobody from Bristol has called and asked if I'm available to go to Boulder and cover the Cornhuskers this week. You should just show up, you know, just no <laughs> credential, just show up, just go into the press conference there, let him call you. Deion, I have a question. No, I've had a question for a week that I'd like to ask I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Dion, you didn't answer this question from last week. Uh, I showed up to see if you'd answer it uh, this week. Uh, yeah, I know you're keeping receipts. Ed, I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're you know able to cover the uh, games and uh, didn't get hurt in the process of any of this. So uh, we're all grateful for that. Well, thanks for having me on, Dan. Good to talk to you as always. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Saw a recent tweet by J.J. Watt. Is he joining us this week, Todd? He's on the show tomorrow. Oh, okay. It cannot be overstated what Deion Sanders did today to turn the whole Colorado program around from what it was last season to today, beating a team that played in the national championship game last season. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually do it. Wow. It's according to uh, J.J. Watt. Well... Dion is doesn't have to take a receipt on that. He'll appreciate J.J. Watt saying nice things. Not everybody is uh, in that same category, including Ed Werder. Ed Werder joined us first hour. And Ed did an oh, by the way. You know, he said, look, I've had run-ins before. You know, I've been covering the NFL for a long time. And he said, yeah, I was, uh, somebody wanted to murder me. <laughs> I go, wait, what? And he said, yeah. I was uh, critical of Terrell Owens saying the Cowboys wanted to release him, that uh, he was toxic, and uh, one of his teammates basically was going to put a hit out on Ed Werder. (laughs) Tank Johnson. Like, he's got a name, and Tank Johnson works for the commissioner now. Okay. Going to put out a hit. And he asked him, Ed, where do you live? And Ed goes, I'm going to make you work a little bit harder than that. And Ed Werder went out and bought a gun. Said, you know, I've never used it, but I went out and bought a gun. Wow. Uh, Jake in Colorado. Hi, Jake. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan and Dan. It's uh, best and worst of the weekend. Well, worst and best of the weekend. Worst was an all-day tennis tournament for my son, but best was having a cell signal to watch uh, my Colorado (laughs) Buffaloes take on TCU and cheering at maybe some inopportune times, but uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. uh, I I get to say that, and I'm not going crazy, but hey, we have hope, and we haven't had that in a while, so it's exciting. Good. Yeah. You just want to be relevant. That's it. And Dion made you relevant. Whether you were going to be good this year, you were going to be relevant. You were going to be talked about. And Dion, just imagine what that did for recruiting. Dion is, was probably on the phone with recruits at halftime and probably at the end of that game or any recruits that happened to come in for that game. Just imagine, because that's what Dion does. He closes. He would be a great salesperson. He's going to go in there and close. Yes, Ton. Was that last call his worst of the weekend saying he had to sit through an all-day tennis tournament with his son? That was his worst of the weekend? Well, he's just telling you that he had to go to that and couldn't watch Colorado. I don't know if it was – it could have been anything that he was doing where he couldn't watch Colorado. Gotcha. It's called being honest, Todd. That's all. 
That's you, very honest on national yeah. radio and TV. Yeah. Like I'm stuck with my son in an all-day tennis thing when I could have watched the Colorado football game. Well, I didn't give his last name or his phone number. That's true. I don't think people are going to be outside his door uh, cut up with picket, I don't know if they're going to go, wait, is that Josh who lives down the... Uh, wait till I tell his Let's wife. Let's throw eggs and toilet paper at the house. He's being honest on a sports radio <laughs> national television. Let's get honest to go. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I'd rather hear about your procedure. So yeah, so they put this. Then hear you sing your Olivia Newton John. Uh, Olivia Newton John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff in New Orleans. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? Good morning, DP. How are you today? Great, Jeff. I'm uh, the caller formerly known as Jeff in Maryland. My wife and I sold everything we had in uh, Annapolis and have just moved to New Orleans and to retire. We're down here uh, having fun and listening to your show. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I wanted I love, to let you know. I love New Orleans. Yeah, we're we're just we're five miles from the French Quarter. We can Uber in. It's great. Good. Um, yeah. Hey, I have uh, long hair that I part down the middle. I have a barbed wire tattoo on my arm that goes all the way around. Nice. And Halloween comes. I like to eat candy corn. Just wanted to give you my best and worst of the weekend. My best. I think everybody is just into the whole Colorado thing. It's I watched that football game on Friday, and I think for me the best part was just seeing how moved Dion was at the end. He was truly overwhelmed by his emotions, and uh, and that went over good. The worst of the weekend was I had to go into the weekend not knowing what you're doing to the patio. It's making me crazy. You moved the camera. You moved me Friday. I need to know what is going on outside on the trigger patio. You wait until Friday. The uh, Traeger hood is going to be unbelievable. We uh, we upgraded, updated. Uh, Chad from Traeger is going to come in, and uh, it's a big blowout on Friday. But uh, I wanted wanted to do something in the grilling area, and uh, we've been putting it. We, we've had people out there working. When we went to Ireland, everybody came in and started working, and it's a two-week process. But uh, we'll have that for you coming up on Friday. Josh in Texas. Good morning, Josh. What's on your mind? Hey, what up, DP? Third time. Uh, long listener. Love the show. Love the boys. Um, especially how much you know what Marvin's been kicking lately. Mm. Uh, best and worst uh, is going to be, first of all, I'm an alum, Eat'em Up Cats, Texas State alum. Uh, Paulie's comment earlier saying that he didn't even know we were a school. We're the fourth largest university in the state of Texas, which is the largest continental state if i do recall um secondly, well, well in fairness to paulie he did say you sounded like a made-up school like from a movie we watched texas state football yeah but but okay yeah. i was gonna say like we we had some good players back in the day as well i mean i know that it was fcs but you know it is what it is okay um i have two i have my worst and my worst is a fear and the fear is for colorado university the hype machine is great. I love Dion. I love Prime. I love his kids and everything that they're doing over there in that university. But the other thing is they barely beat TCU, which got their you-know-what's kicked in the championship game. The real championship game last year was Ohio State and Georgia. And I'm just worried that they're kind of getting a little head on their skis. Well, Josh, thank you. And, you know, we apologize if you were offended by the Texas State comment. wasn't meant for that. But you're a 20-point underdog. I, I'm not going to dismiss what they pulled off here. On the road, 
considering what they had last year and the influx of new talent. Are they going to be a five or six win team? Probably. Bowl eligible. But are they ready to compete with, you know, Ohio State or any of these? No, they're not. Like, we're already jumping to the end of the line here. Like, hey, could they compete with? No, they can't. But are they relevant? Did they win against a quality opponent on the road? Am I ready to christen them? I'm sure you're going to get these topics today. Can Colorado win the Pac-12? Well, they can because they're in the Pac-12. And a month from now, are we asking the same question? But hey, it's about trolling you. And I'm sure that they'll squeeze in something about Dak Prescott as well uh, and LeBron today. Yes, Seton, were you going to say something? I was just looking ahead at their schedule. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out where their losses are. But I don't know enough about each team. To okay, really... let's run down the schedule. Go through. That. I mean, they can lose to Nebraska. They're a slight favorite against Nebraska. They could lose to Nebraska. They could, they could <laughs> this lose. Weekend. They could lose to Nebraska. Yeah. All right. Uh, Colorado State. I don't know how good the Rams are. Uh, that's number... a rivalry game. No, that's an in-state rivalry. Yeah, in-state game. rivalry. Uh, you have Oregon, number fifteen. That's at Oregon. At Oregon, I would expect Oregon to win that game. Uh, home against USC. I, that's a lost dog. I would expect USC to win that game. Uh, Arizona State. We've been crushing lately. Yeah. You have Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, and Utah. There's some losses in there. Yeah. I mean, they might have six wins, maybe seven. They won one game last year. They've already matched that total this year, Yeah, Thank you, Seton. Commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, will join us coming up. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is Steve Covino and Rich Davis. And together we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He is the commissioner of the SEC's. Greg Sankey joins us on the program how many games did you go to in the last week? Four. And uh, week zero, I was at Vandy, so I'm five games into my season already. Do you tailgate? No. <laughs> I've, uh, it's a bit of a hazard for me walking through tailgates. Most you know, <laughs> people, when, when they're together, are actually really nice in person. Uh, on social media, maybe not quite. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, commissioners always get booed. Do you get, do you get booed? Oh, it's happened a couple of times. I I was um I was at the the LSU national championship celebration and smattering, but you know most people are really kind. And I reminded them it was the first year that the conference had approved beer sales in Tiger Stadium, which resulted in a great great positive roar. So you just got to know how to play the game if you're me. How would you recap the summer for college football? Oh wow. Um, I, I will say this year, you know, July 4th weekend was quiet, which is unlike the last five years. So we had the chance to celebrate celebrate July 4th without the cell, the cell phone in, in hand. Uh, but certainly a time of change. I think the, the pressures that are there, I saw, I saw Jack last week. Um, I expressed my disappointment. I was not on set in Dublin with you and Will Farrell, but we'll do it by Zoom. And, you know, th- he expressed a, a perspective. Um, I probably wouldn't describe it quite with those same terms, but it's a time of change, a time of pressure, um, a time that that has a, a level of discomfort across college football and really, I think, all of college sports. Uh, in case people, what uh, the commissioner is referring to, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, had this to say two weeks ago in Ireland. Can you sum up what's happening with college football in the last, where would you start? Complete disaster. How did, it, how did we get here, Jack? I wish I knew. And, and listen, I'm not uh, – every, everybody in the industry has to take responsibility here. I'm not uh, excluding myself from that. I think uh, the decision-making has lost its way in terms of the focus on the student-athlete and what's primarily best for them. Um, but we are where we are, and we have to try and make it work. I mean, we've been pretty uh, vocal in the past month about – 
we need to find a home for Stanford and Cal. That you can't have two of the great academic institutions in the world not have a not have a place to play. How do you think Jack got to this uh, bottom line there? Well, I, I thought his his follow on comment was really important. The observations about uh, shared responsibility, about decision making. Uh, we all look at reality from our perspectives, and the Southeastern Conference has made decisions over the last few years, the addition of uh, Oklahoma and Texas, for example, that actually did contemplate the student-athlete experience, our ability to add 95 miles to our geography, but elevate our competitive experience, bring in national champions, and and, and uh, challenge ourselves. Uh, but you know, we, we've historically been slow to adapt in college athletics. That's not new. That's not like this decade's or this generation's issue. Uh, we now have a set of external pressures that I think uh, are part of Jack's observation that create the discomfort. So we have state legislatures making laws and dictating how we will run athletic programs. We have interest from Congress. I'm not, I'm not clear that there's a commitment to help restore a national standard. We have change in the NCA. I've appreciated Charlie Baker, but we're still dealing with a bureaucracy that is slow to adapt to modern realities. And at the same time, on our campuses and in our conference office, we have to adapt to those modern realities um, every day. So, uh, Dan, I think that's a combination of frustration you heard, but also uh, the change that's inherent in our society right now. What concerns you more, name, image, and likeness, or the transfer portal? I would say the, the the ecosystem, if you will, or the environment that's developed around name, image, and likeness, going back to 2018, 2019, uh, that label would have been envisioned um, in a certain way. And we have uh, any number of student athletes. You think about Bryce Young and Dr. Pepper ads and Olivia Dunn and Viore commercials. I mean, that's what that's what it was. It, we had football linemen telling us about a car wash deal that they have for all their pickup trucks. And that's normal activity. What's, what's happened is it's become a recruiting inducement. Um, it's allowed outside influences, boosters, if you will, and now collectives that we've held off from being involved in recruiting. They've entered this realm. And, and I think bottom line, what that means is, one, we've shifted control of our athletics programs away from campus leaders who do have an accountability structure. We also have created questions of, hey, when I'm student athlete from team A lining up against a competitor from team B, are we actually playing by the same rules? And that's where we have to have the restoration of a national standard. That's happened around this name, image, and likeness space. And it's developed in a way that's not exactly what would have been envisioned as I described four or five years ago. What's the craziest amount of money you've heard that a player is getting? Well, I read the media accounts, and, and I actually don't believe what I read. So you've seen multiple, multiple millions. Um, I, I, I question whether that's true because people involved in, in this NIL space, third parties, agents, NIL reps are incentivized to inflate the number. And you asked about NIL or transfer portal, so I had to pick one. But what we have is a layering of the issue. So more transfer freedom, which that's our reality. Um but it's been layered with the ability to now go out and, and inflate numbers. And so I think there has to be care in, in believing the numbers that one sees publicly. He's the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey. Um, finish this sentence. If the SEC didn't bring in Oklahoma and Texas. would have been a lot more pressure on me the last few weeks. Um, a lot more questions. And 
uh, from my perspective, our decision in 21 um, has been shown to have been a really wise decision. And uh, one of the cool things just from the time we're talking is Texas will be playing Alabama uh, this Saturday, which is, a, 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 I think, a, a sign or an indication into our future and the excitement around these competitions in a 16-team SEC. But this sort of started the game of musical chairs, didn't it? Texas, Oklahoma? Well, I think you have to go back to uh, expansion in the early 2000s, Dan. I mean, that's reality. So the Big East, uh, losing three members initially to the ACC and then a member to the Big Ten, three more members to the ACC, it dissolved. Uh, that seemed to be a time very different than than what we had experienced before when, for instance, Arkansas and South Carolina joined or Penn, joined the SEC or Penn State joined the Big Ten. You then had the Pac-10 at the time trying to grow to the Pac-16. That created change a year later. We went from 12 to 14. So I don't think you can go back to just the summer of 21. Mm-hmm. Um, the summer of 21 was different. But one of the questions my presidents asked me as we were considering the growth is, um, what does the Big 12 do? And so the Big 12 had opportunities to add members. It went, is the Big 12 from 10 to, to 14 and then to 12 when Oklahoma moves? Um, what happened this summer is, is different. So the the decisions to go in a very different geographic direction, some of that happened in 22. I, I'd submit when you look over time, those are a little bit different. But if people want to point the finger at our expansion, I'll take that responsibility. I, I will just note, and I think you and I have probably discussed it, uh, way back in 2015, I offered some perspectives to our president. That was my first meeting as commissioner that change was coming around the 22, 23, 24 cycle when these media agreements um, were renegotiated. And that was pretty prophetic. Yeah, I just wonder, couldn't we keep the football, couldn't we keep the Pac-12 playing football against the Pac-12? Why Why do we have to bring all the other sports to these other conferences? I, I'm trying to understand the, the geography so you don't have to disrupt the Pac-12. Um, I, I've I've um, been asked that co- question a couple of times. My response is usually I'm the least qualified one to answer since when we expanded, we added about 95 miles to our geography. Yeah. Um, I, I think it could have remained. Um, decisions made by campus decision makers and conference decision makers. I think there were public observations dating back to the summer of 22 about potential movement. You have different people in commissioner roles. You have different perspectives uh, on traditions or traditional alignments. Um, that's what seems to have provided these opportunities uh, or these opportunities for change. Um, I think the PAC-12 could have resided. And, and, and Dan, embedded in the question is a, a bit of the observation we've seen of just let football operate on its own. And I've said, and I'll say to you, we operate athletic departments. Football, uh, at least at this point, is not divorced from everything else we do. It may be, it may be different. The stadiums are bigger than the arenas. Uh, but for us, we view um, a connectedness, that there are relationships with our athletics departments that are healthy. And you know what? In the Southeastern Conference, uh, we've got huge football games. We have huge baseball games relative to the rest of the world. Uh, I think those reflect on each other and build the intensity, the rivalries, and the interests, just like basketball and and volleyball and softball do. And I I don't want us to sacrifice that for what becomes a short-term solution. Lastly, on this break football out idea, 
I don't know how you'd ever tell a football player in, you know, last year we had the first round draft pick in the NFL draft, first round in major league baseball, the first collegian picked in the NBA draft and the first draft pick in the WNBA. I don't know how you say to the football player, we can do a B and C for you, but to the basketball player, men and women and the baseball player, even though you're going to be a draft pick is going to make a bunch of money. We can't do these things because, you know, we're stuck in this other organization. College football needs a boss, right? Well, that's one way to ask the question. Um, Do we all go back to the summer of 20? If we had all said somebody else is going to make the decision for the Southeastern Conference about whether we play in the fall of 20, I I don't see that working terribly well. So it's 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 a simple observation with a set of complexities. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I I think, look, I'm a traditionalist. Um, like I, I, I want these rivalries. I, 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 I want to make sure that we have some kind of fiscal sanity here, not just everybody's got to go and get, get their money. That that's what concerns me. You know, nobody's concerned about that, that these schools are leaving, getting more money, but then the kids want to go and get more money. And then we have a bigger problem with that. It feels like than we do. Hey, game of musical chairs. Let's sit down before there's no chairs left. Yeah. Well, and and I'll go back to some of the comments. So, um, we 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 aren't always consistent in our messaging, right? So, I, I had coaches who said, "Wow, you know, people just move." Well, they have to wait. So, Oklahoma and Texas, we announced in 21, they had to wait three years. You know, there's no student athlete in the transfer portal who waits three years. Yeah. You know, we, we complain about three months now. So from a philosophic consistency, I think some of these quick sound bites aren't accurate to reality. For us, I'm going to go back to the conversations I had with the president at Oklahoma and the president at Texas. It was, we've watched how your conference has functioned. We've watched how it's made decisions. We've watched how you led. We want to be a part of that. I actually think, to your point, if you put the money in front of every other element of decision-making, you don't make good decisions in life, whether that's personally or professionally. Yeah. And so for us, we looked at the right affiliations, the right geography, the ability to restore rivalries. You think about Texas and Texas A&M playing again. Um, Oklahoma, Missouri were part of the Big Eight. Texas and Arkansas is a legendary game. We do disrupt some things, but we actually restore more. That's actually a unique conference expansion template relative to what's happening around us. Yeah. I got less problem with the sec than I do some of these, you know, other conferences that, you know, I, I, no need to mention names here. So no, I'll take that as a compliment. You don't want me to call Jack Swarbrick and uh, get his comments on the sec. Well, I don't even know what he thinks. Do you get along with all these commissioners the, uh, with the other conferences? Anybody not like you? Um, there have probably been moments. If you go back to uh, the summer of 21, there wasn't a lot of warmth in the room. So that was <laughs> when we announced the invitations to Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, I think there's been a thawing. I, I'm, I'm now like the good guy, right? Because I'm not out there <laughs> recruiting, talking to. Uh, Jack and I get along great. I actually, uh, I value Jack's perspective. And even, well, we might disagree on elements of terminology, I, I think being as direct as Jack can be is is really beneficial. So yeah, we we have views, we have differences, um, we do have a responsibility to collaborate. Dan, I think that that actually informs your question about do we need somebody to lead? There there has to be 
the ability for some of us to give and some of us to take and those roles to be reversed over time. And uh, I think we've made a contribution in a potential expansion of the expansion of the college football playoff. Um, when it started, we didn't want to have that. Everybody else in the room had needs. Um, and yet we compromised. And, and I would hope that we can continue to collaborate even through all of these changes. You and Jack ever talk about Notre Dame joining the SEC? No, I, I think he's got a, a healthy affiliation. You know, we, we talk about the future. Uh, Do you but, like how I threw that in at the end? Just yeah, I did. I, did. I, did. Um, <laughs> I went up to when Georgia played yeah. just to, to see a football game. I was at Notre Dame's game in Georgia. Uh, but I respect the, the history that, that Notre Dame has. In fact, Dan, I'm asked, even in my own conference meetings, you know, why Notre Dame has their role in the CFP, for example. And I said, you know what, I think that's really healthy for college football. You, you yourself talked about traditions. And uh, even though we're in a time of change and we've been a part of that change, we, we can still honor a number of traditions. And so Jack and I have had that conversation, certainly. Good to talk to you. Hope you have a great, hope you have a great day. I don't. Know, what what is the rest of the day? Give us any for ex, uh, for example, for instance. Yeah, I'll, I have. There's a video conference with the NCA president uh, next. Uh, we have our track and field coaches who produce Olympians and national champions uh, in for a meeting. I'm preparing for a baseball coaches meeting where we've won the last four national championships. So never miss an opportunity at the hype. Our presidents and chancellors have a video conference today as we, we look at some of the difficult issues present in college athletics. Um, I, there are two more things on my agenda, a couple of calls with ADs, checked in with my officiating coordinator. We just finished a staff <laughs> meeting. Um, phone call, first phone call this morning was 7.30. So the days move along. It's all downhill after this interview. You know that. Yeah, it is. I just want to be on the Dublin invite. Okay, next year, Florida State is going to be playing Georgia Tech. Yeah, I probably don't need to be at that one. That would would, would create too much internet. All of a sudden, Florida State rumors uh, start to percolate, and then you're over there in Dublin, but uh, there's an open invitation. Okay, well, that's a good uh, reverse there on me. You got me. Thank you, Jack. I, I, I'm sorry, Craig. I'm still on Jack yeah. Swarbrick. Yeah. No, I, I like my good Jack. my good buddy from uh, Dublin, Jack Swarbrick. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Greg. We appreciate your time as always. Absolutely good to see you. That's the commissioner of the SEC. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.